Welcome to the Learning Lounge podcast by the Sangaban Continual Learning Team. We'll be sharing our honest opinions, answering all sorts of questions and discussions, and hopefully providing some laughs along the way. Here's what's coming up this week. And I'm just thinking, when he goes back to the bowls club, he's going to like an absolute pimp rocket with his <laughs> gold medal, shining his balls in front of all the ladies, ready to go bowling. Have you ever been told no as a female at the U or KT? Like, you can't do that. Not like a commander. The, the penguin approach. Yeah. For me, that, that petrifies me because like, I'm thinking, I'm not going to perform my best. I'm thinking, do I look good to see? I think you'd look fly. Thanks. But, um, one thing, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice about learning, what would it be? <laughs> Try. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little note here that says, like a toddler with a crayon. <laughs> about the worst learning hacks you might have heard, because there's definitely some corkers out there that we can definitely dispel right now. <laughs> where you could just listen to something while you're sleeping. Oh, so. I've heard this. This is like osmosis. Welcome to the first Learning Lounge podcast. My name is Alana Fawkes and I am joined by the rest of the digital content team. We are all part of the Sangaban Continual Learning Team. So I have Anup. Hello, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to come to me that <laughs> Katie. Hello. And also James with me. Yep, me duck. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I'd said day, mate. <laughs> well, Lester on that one. <laughs> so this week is going to be a really simple Get to Know Us episode. We're really excited for this podcast. Hopefully it's going to be really good and you're going to enjoy. So first thing we're going to talk about is how we actually got into continual learning as our jobs. So let's start with James, seeing as you're the head of our content team. So um, uh to be quite frank, I've only had four jobs in my whole lifetime. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what to do after school. Um, so I went to university and did English because that was a general subject. It was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then partway through, my mum was like, you've got to get a job. So I got a job, um, note-taking. Classic mum. Yeah, got a job, note-taking at Demonfort Uni. Um, and I quite liked it. And I thought I could do maybe teaching off the back of this. So I went to teacher training. And I taught um, Ungrateful Kids for nine years. Uh, I'm only joking. They weren't. Well, they were lovely. Um, I, I taught um, secondary school for, for nine years, and it felt like I was kind of jumping through hoops with Ofsted all the time. You kind of taught for Ofsted examination, uh, kind of them coming in and observing you. Um, it wasn't fun. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't fun at all. So I left after nine years, made that big decision, and became a traffic warden for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a traffic warden! The original traffic warden. <laughs> and do you know, do you know what? I, out of all the jobs I've had, I think, apart from the one I'm in now, that was probably one of my favourites. Really? Giving yeah. people tickets? No. Do you know what? I, 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 I he likes to lay down the law. I, I didn't, I'm a disciplinarian. No, I didn't really Do your like, training, folks. Yeah. I didn't really like giving tickets out. I think for me, it was the, the fresh air and being able to think. I got some of my best ideas, kind of walking around and, oh and just kind of doing stuff. Uh, it was really nice meeting people. I became more of a people person. I hate people generally. Uh, I'm like a real misanthropist. Uh, but like, it, it made me people. And in doing that, actually, I think it prepared me for this role. And when this role came up, I said, I was like, I'm going to take a chance and kind of go for it. Um, and I kind of fell in with the continuum. So it's kind of teaching, 
but making a proper impact and not having to kind of think about Ofsted all the time and it's proper learning, which I really like. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into the team. Well, I'm going to trump your only having four jobs <laughs> and say I've only had two jobs in my life. <laughs> so same as James, when I left school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was working as a waitress, um, ended up going full time as a waitress, which I absolutely hated, to be honest. Was it in a cocktail bar? No, okay. unfortunately not, no. It was in a little quiet pub in my village. Um, but yeah, so then I actually knew somebody who worked um, at Sangaban in the learning team when it used to be split, like delegation and building distribution. And she showed me an apprenticeship that was available and basically went for it, got the job. Um, and then I decided to have a little hiatus, I'm going to call it, into recruitment. <laughs> Um, and then last May, I decided to come back to learning because, um, it's, I don't know, it's what I enjoy most, what I'm best at, I think. Um, and so here I am. So technically, I've had three jobs, but actually, I'm going to class it as two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about you, Katie? I think, I've just counted in my head now, I've had about seven jobs in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, she's top of the table. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> um, but I, instead of going down like a very broad route like you James at uni I went very specific and I did a, a degree in HR and psychology Ooh, which fancy. I thought oh that will lead me into a career of HR fantastic got there absolutely hated it <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I liked about HR was the learning side and the training side and that's how I kind of fell into sort of face-to-face -face training and then now digital training amazing and up um, similar to everybody else, I went to university, wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do with myself, um, ended up joining the RAF. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, so basically I got to the RAF, um, just as I was given the, the keys to go to uh, basic training at RAF Holton, I picked up a knee injury, and because I've got a history of uh, dislocated knees and whatnot, they just dropped me. <laughs> so they were like, right, we don't want you anymore because you've got a history of knee injuries. Um, so I was then a little bit lost and rudderless for a while. Worked as a chauffeur for a bit. Um, and then I ended up seeing this job for a publishing company in Oxford. Um, and they were creating English language teaching for a lot of the Spanish um, speaking countries. And just little by little picked up loads of real cool hints and tips on how to teach both uh, primary level and secondary level and adult learning as well. Um, they sort of saw I had a bit of a, a nouse for the digital world. Um, I used to fix all their computers and hack into computers and stuff like that so they could get around all the admin stuff. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it's just I had a, had a knack for explaining um, complex things in a really simpleton way. And then after that, I ended up coming to the Sangaban team relatively recently. Amazing. So we've all come from so many different backgrounds. And, well, I feel like the idiot here because I didn't go to university. <laughs> what lessons have we learned? Kind of life lessons, maybe things from recent events? Um, yeah, what have we learned? Because we learn all the time, obviously, we're the learning team. So, for me, um, mine's a Commonwealth Games one. 
and that's age is just a number. I think we had this when we looked at the Olympics as well. Yeah. Um, but it was because there was a 75 year old Scots bowler um, called George Miller, won gold, and he's the oldest Commonwealth gold medalist in history um, at 75. And I'm just thinking, when he goes back to the bowls club, he's going to look like an absolute pimp rocking <laughs> with his gold medal, shining his balls in front of all the ladies, ready to go bowling. And I think it's, it's impressive that, you know, he's. He's 75 and he's still at this pinnacle of what he does at 75. And for me, that kind of showed that actually it, it is just a number. You can be older and still learn, and still be really at the top of your game and not be thinking about retiring, which is really good. That's so true. Like, um, it just blows the phrase, like, you can't you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, yeah. out of the water. So that's amazing. I'd love to be doing stuff like that when I'm 75. Yeah, and I think the flip side of that for me as well was, um, is it... Um, Andrea Spendalini Siriu, Fred Siriu's daughter, um, won the 10 metre platform diving gold and a few other medals. You know, she's 17 and she's competing at that level. It, that, that super impressed me. Honestly. Yeah. And I think we, we tend to judge younger generations in particular on how good they're going to be at stuff and we're like, oh, they won't know much. Yeah. But actually, they can be really good at stuff. And I think we, we can get a lot from that intergenerational kind of merging, I think, for me. And that was like the, the biggest lesson I learned was don't judge a book by its cover in a way. Most recent thing that I've, uh, I've learned is that misinformation is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, it's one of those things. I think the internet's getting bigger and bigger, more and more prevalent. And uh, everybody just believes what they want on the internet because you will find anything to back up whatever you believe. Um, I won't go down the political route, but you know, people, people be voting just on what they've seen on Facebook, and whether that's true or not, it's uh, begs the question. But yeah, I think misinformation is far too prevalent these days. I think as well, like think about that with learning, you have to read around stuff and don't just take things at face value. That's it. So if you if you want to look up something, you kind of have to sort of take everything with a pinch of salt because it may not actually be that accurate, and you could be learning something false. Mm. I can remember when I was teaching, the amount of times I've looked a kid square in the eye and lied to them about something, and I've been <laughs> like, yeah. That that dumb one, no, I didn't at all. I just to prove a point that actually you can't believe me. Even as a teacher, you can't believe me. Yeah. You've got to kind of read around the topic. I, th I think which is really really important, especially like if you're learning stuff at work. I think you can't have one source of information and expect it to be factual. Yeah, you've got to do your own research too. I think that's like the most important thing when you've yeah. got anything anything in front of you. Like you you've got to do your own research because you have no idea in this day and age what's going to be true and what's not. Mm. It's that motivation thing, isn't it? You've got to be motivated to do that. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think there's, there, there are pockets of people around who aren't motivated. And it's kind of how do we get them to be motivated is really important as well. How do you yeah. motivate people to feel they can do that themselves? Yeah, definitely. What about you, Katie? What have you learned? I would say kind of around the cost of living crisis to look after my pennies a bit more. So whereas normally like on a Friday night or if I'm feeling lazy, I'll just order a takeaway. And with like Deliveroo charges, service fees, it's at least like 20, 30 quid mm. to basically feed yourself for one evening. But what it's taught me is kind of getting a bit more creative and seeing what you've got in your cupboards and kind of just cooking dinner for yourself rather than spending that money. It could be put to use elsewhere. 
That's so true. I actually did that last night. This is so <laughs> off topic, but I made a carbonara from scratch. And I was I like, love making carbonara. I know, now. but I've never, I've never made it before, and I didn't want what we, what we were having for dinner. So instead of just like um, getting a takeaway, I made a carbonara from scratch. It's good work to do it first time because I first time I tried it, it turned to scrambled egg. Yeah, <laughs> I, I literally followed a TikTok recipe. And, yeah, I and learned did, it from TikTok uh, yeah, as well. Yeah, and did that. And I was like, it was actually so nice. But instead of obviously, um, you know, getting a takeaway, mm. I decided to put my skills to the test. Yeah, use a couple of extra egg yolks as well. Makes it extra better. Oh, top tier. We're going to have to turn this into a cooking podcast instead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find it, like, harder being in nearer a bigger city? For like cost of oh stuff. yeah massively like everything's so much more expensive if you want to go anywhere you either have to drive and pay parking fees or you get on like public transport port and just to like get into um london it's so expensive on the tubes when it's literally on the doorstep mm. but as well i've noticed that because there are so many options on deliveroo you're really like drawn to the different offers and the different types of food as well and you're like oh I could have that tonight instead of cooking but then yeah it's a lot more expensive being in a built-up area. I can only imagine like I remember my dad when I used to look after my, my brothers at my dad's house nobody would deliver so it saved us having to have that kind of option. Yeah that was the same that was the same <laughs> as us like my parents live in a really quiet village and literally no one would deliver to us so yeah. we'd have to yeah. if we wanted a takeaway we'd have to be motivated enough to actually get off our backsides <laughs> and go and get it ourselves <laughs> rather than have it delivered. Wow. So my lesson that I've learned is it doesn't matter how many times you've been told no you have to keep going so this is off the back of the amazing england women's win in the euros it was the euros wasn't it yeah 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 you're the football fan <laughs> <laughs> i know so the amazing ellen white she was actually kicked off um a football team when she was nine years old because she was a girl so she was playing with boys and they kicked her off because she was a girl and now she's obviously like a winning lioness which is amazing so obviously female footballers and female athletes in general face so much adversity for so many different reasons um and it doesn't matter how many times they've been told no they've always got back up carried on and now they're, they're winning trophies on like massive stages it's just amazing to see um, because I think so many people are so quick to give up when they're told no the first time. Like you have to have that resilience and keep going and keep going because if you really want something, you'll get there eventually if you are resilient and work hard for it. So that's my lesson. It's also it's like coupled with surrounding yourself with people who also share your same mindset. And if you've got a positive outlook on stuff and you believe in yourself and you're surrounded by people that also believe in you, you can achieve quite a lot. Um, if you're surrounded by people that are trying to tear you down all the time, you kind of start believing it as well. So That's so true. There's a, there's a saying that's like, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So it's like, if you have five friends that are really negative, you naturally get into that habit of being really negative. So you have to surround yourself with people who are like positive, passionate, like motivated, because otherwise you just morph into those people it's really really strange like when you actually think about if you look at your friendship group now you probably think like oh they're really negative you've picked up some of their habits so it's such a like fascinating I find stuff like that really interesting 
like behaviour and all that kind of stuff. How does that work if you have no friends? Just, ask <laughs> 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 just you know. Well, you can make your own path there. Decide. <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. No, yeah, no, I agree. Is there is something about that, isn't there? I think. Have you ever have you ever been told no as a female, either you or Katie? Like, you can't do that. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that like massively sticks out. But I know like. Um, I never played football at school. Like, yeah. girls just weren't allowed. Like, we did netball instead. It was just the, the done thing. So, and I've always loved football. So, I was thinking the other day, it would have been really interesting to actually see if I'd have really tried to push to be, like, a female footballer, what would have happened? And, mm. like, if how many times I would have been told no? It does make me think, so, back when I was at school, which is, what, 20-odd years ago now... Um, it, they must have been quite progressive at the time because a lot of the girls were forced to wear skirts, um, didn't really want to wear skirts and were pushing for trousers, whether or not the parents were pushing for it as well on their behalf. But um, our school was one of the first schools in the sort of region to change the uniform policy from girls can only wear skirts to then be, you, you can choose whether you want to wear a skirt or trousers whichever you prefer really but that was that was a long time ago and I wonder if that was something that they were said that they, they were told no to and they fought back on and then we were allowed to change it's like a top down thing isn't it I think you've got somebody at the top like a head for example in that case who's going to make that decision and do that call and actively push it yeah. you're going to get change yeah. it's like in Sangaran I suppose like think about diversity and inclusion you're going to get change if it comes from the top down and people are really pushing it as an agenda I think it needs to have that investment, doesn't it, from the top to really make an impact. But it is interesting, actually. I suppose when we, when we think about the like, 90s, was that? Sort of, no, early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, That's a long time ago. I know, yeah. like yesterday. <laughs> Something like when I was at school in the 90s, I don't think we had a girls' team for anything, really. It was really? Just, just boys. Oh, see, my, at my high school, like, we were, we had girls and boys teams. It was just football just wasn't, like, we didn't do it in PE. We didn't do anything like that. But the same with uniforms. We were the first year group when I went to my high school that were allowed to wear trousers. Like, girls were allowed to wear trousers or skirts. Whereas my sister, who was there, like, three years before me, she she had to wear a skirt every day. She She had no choice. But then she had a male head, whereas when I went, I had a female head. So I think that's obviously that yeah that yeah that exactly that like obviously that's what changed it. I, I think I was quite lucky because I would have been one of them girls that was like I don't want to wear skirts like I want to wear trousers. I think the whole thing like you said about uniform is really important and kind of like dress codes. Is it um Jason Smith on Ayama was talking about this. Mm-hmm. He he talked he asked somebody would you go to an event if it was black tie. And would that put you off? And I was like, it would instantly put me off at a black tie event. Would it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so some like... people are instantly put off by it as well. Like, I know a few of my friends would be, just because they would have to wear a suit and tie. Oh, my God. See, that wouldn't yeah. put me off at all. I'd prefer to have a dress code, like, set out, rather than turn up. There's no dress code, and, like, I could be overdressed, underdressed. That, that I'd find that really embarrassing. Really? Yeah, that would mortify me. Does black tie mean suit? And yeah. tie, or does yeah. that mean tuxedo? That sort of Same thing. Same difference, isn't yeah. it? I know, I'd say a tuxedo. 
<laughs> a tuxedo is a hell of a lot more formal than just a suit and tie. Yeah, I think it's like the, the tuxedo-y approach. Not the, like a cummerbund. The, the penguin approach. Yeah. <laughs> For me, that, that petrifies me because like, I'm thinking, I'm not going to perform my best. I'm thinking, do I look good in a suit? Right. I think you'd look but, fly. Thanks. But <laughs> as well, it's the money to buy the, the different types of yeah. suits. It can be, yeah. It's, it, that, that cost can be mm. hard for people. Just remember, like, if, if I feel comfortable in what I'm wearing, I'm probably going to perform better. Yeah, see, I, I'm the opposite. If yeah. there's a regimented, like, you have to wear, um, like, black tie or, you know, it's smart casual or... Well, smart casual is the worst because you never know, like, what anyone's going to do. <laughs> Am I smart? Am yeah. I casual? Or, like, let's say, for example, you've got to wear red. Like, I would much prefer that because I know everyone else is going to turn up red and if someone doesn't, they're going to be the odd one out and it's not going to be me. So I'm going to be so super relaxed and, and not yeah. be thinking, oh, like, do I look okay? Like, if there's, if there's no dress code, that sends me into, a like, a massive panic. Always have to ask what your friends, what are they, what yeah, are they yeah. wearing? Yeah, yeah. All the time. Group chats are going crazy. Yeah. Like, what are you wearing? And the guys in the group chat are just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like, it affects your learning. There's studies, isn't there, that look at learning and whether or not uniforms and dress codes affect your learning as well. And like at school, I was a complete advocate of why do you need a uniform? It doesn't affect your learning mm-hmm. at all. I think that's the same with offices as well, though, because I saw something on LinkedIn that was saying, um, does your office like have a dress code do you have to wear you know smart trousers like shirt every day yeah. we're quite lucky obviously where we are i don't know it's not like the same <laughs> yeah we're actually all sitting here in fancy dress guys um obviously it's not the same across the whole of sangaban but where we are we can you know kind of wear what we want we're free to choose and yeah. don't need to come in dress super smart if you want to you can obviously within reason but like I remember when I first started here, and I think you'll remember this as well, James, it was a lot more formal than it is now, and we never really understood why, did we? No. Because Mm. it doesn't make a difference. Well, there is some studies that do suggest the Oh, here we go. (laughs) I'm I'm completely not an advocate for it. I've always worn casual wherever I've gone. I did have one job for three hours working for Stay Bright Windows, and you're trying to ring people, you're cold-calling people, basically, and they force you to wear a shirt and tie and be as professional as possible purely because it puts people in that professional mindset and you know I'm wearing a shirt and suit or whatever therefore I'm professional in what I do some studies do suggest that is the case but I think in reality I don't think it is but See, I'd, I'd rather buy from a person who I'm connecting with potentially, even if they're dressed slobbily. I think yeah. it comes down to your attitude, maybe, for me with sales. I think if you're like doing a sales call and you turn up in like a full tracksuit, then that's probably where I might draw the line. But if you still look presentable, I think as long as you look presentable, like mm. you're fine. Yeah. Like this thing on LinkedIn, there was so many companies that were like, no, we have a strict dress code, like you have to come in super smart. It's like, why? In this day and age, like, Kind of like, does it really matter? If you're not selling, then it's not really necessary, is it? I yeah. You don't need to look as formal as possible when you're just sitting in an office typing away on Word. But it's like, we don't look formal, but we all look nice. Mm. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I love your outfit. It's like hybrid working, though, isn't it? Like, I don't know, how does it fit with hybrid working, that sort of thing? And can you, can you, would you dress up at home? 
just in case nice. you're on a call with somebody who accidentally calls you who's quite <laughs> higher up. I'm like, I wouldn't be sat there with a tie on just in case Mike calls me. No, <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Have a nice shirt and pyjama bottoms yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's actually what I did when it, you know, when I interviewed for this job. Really? Yeah, I had oh tracky bottoms on. <laughs> <laughs> she, she tells me now. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have got the job if you see my trackies. You should have done, like, the stand-up test. Yeah. <laughs> I think it also depends on, like, age as well, though, because I think when I think we're okay to say this but when we look around our office the younger generation are usually dressed more casually whereas the older generation normally dress more smartly would you say I'm looking out the window now but <laughs> right, let's name yeah, and shame everybody yeah, yeah, I do get that yeah I do I think it depends on you your position as well and your role mm. I can't imagine Richard being in a shell suit <laughs> Can we please see that? Yeah, Richard, if you listen to this, we want to see you in this job <laughs> If it's a big, if it's a big like update or the credibility thing, I get that. The whole shirt and you know, mic, no tie, slightly yeah. done at the top. But it also wouldn't bother me if like they rocked up in a hoodie. No. no it's not. Whilst we're on the subject of age, anyway, um, let's get back on track. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have full of a bit of a tangent. Um, so, whilst we're on the subject of age, um, one thing, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice about learning, what would it be? I would say, so if you have, like, an idea about something and you share that with people around you, don't let their opinions hold you back. Oh, Go with your gut one. feeling. Because if there's something you want to do... But if someone else, like a friend, doesn't like it, you kind of you're drawn to disagree with them because they're your friend. Yeah. But then you sort of miss out on experiences and doing things that you want to do and you want to explore as a person. And it's nice just kind of doing things because you want to do them and you want to try them out. And if they don't work out, that's a lesson learned. Good I'm in Katie. Like Katie's spider sense. <laughs> 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 I can feel it in my jealous. It's not the right thing to do. Just, <laughs> for me, it would be <clears throat> try. Try, <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Um, I think as a kid, I was really lazy. Um, I, I think being proactive is really good. And I think I, I spent most of my childhood being reactive, to be quite frank. Like, um, I, I remember doing my GCSEs, and if you've done art for A level as well, you have a big old project. You get like three months to do all the work. A week before, I hadn't even started. And then I was like, crack out the coffee, crack out the jazz like some kind of hipster. Oh, no. Let's do all of my artwork in a week that should have taken three months. Oh, no. Um, similar, similar <laughs> vein. I did my entire 10,000 word dissertation the night before it was due. Yeah. That it actually was, gives me anxiety. It was god awful. Yeah. It was an awful decision. I don't know why. I had a whole year to do it. And it was awful. So I learnt my lesson there. Cramming does not work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cramming is not the one. You that, like, I remember through university, I read like four books and I did English as a course. I read four books. How on earth did you get away with that? And I still came out with a two one off the back of it just because I knew how to blag it, I think. Mm. Oh but my God. I think, yeah, I, imagine what you could be if you tried, is what I would say to my younger self. I could be working for Disney right now. Yeah. Or maybe not such a minimum wage place, but you know, I could be doing something or. I could be doing something like arty, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I think that's art. kind of the same as... Well, similar to what I was going to say, which is, like, if you've got a subject that you really enjoy and you're good at, don't just focus on that subject. Like, so, for example, when I was at school, when I was doing my GCSEs, 
I used to absolutely love maths and it was the only subject I'd revise for even though I knew everything pretty much I didn't need to revise for it at all and then I just left all the other subjects that I was really bad at well not really bad at but you know they weren't my favorite and they weren't um the ones that I was excelling in so when it came to my exams I was like literally cramming the night before each exam because I instead of actually doing the work that I should have been doing all along and like um I, I just picked my preferred like subject of maths Obviously, it was not relevant when it was, like, my English exam. So I was, like, panicking. So, like, don't focus on the things that you're... Don't just focus on things you're really good at. Make sure you cover, like, all bases kind of thing. Mm. You're only, Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you, you're only as strong as your weakest link, aren't you? Yeah. And you have to make up for the deficits, potentially, in other areas. Yeah. So, like, you might be a really good um, communicator... But your organisation skills might be in the toilet. So instead of just working on your communication skills that you're really good at, you need to improve your organisation too. Mm. I find that with people who are really, like, poo hot on a particular topic as an adult. If you know what I mean. I can't say the word shit. (laughs) 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 Just beep it out. Who are, like, really good at a particular topic. I find it really hard. I'm like, you might be really good, but where are you? people skills yeah like surely you'd have been like i've got next to no people skills and i can't get across all my knowledge because i haven't got the people skills yeah i guess it's like you know when you did did anyone used to play the brain training game oh on the ds yeah or like on the way where it used to give you the graph of like your areas Mm. so then i remember when i was when i used to do that I'd go and do all the ones that I was really good at and not the ones that actually needed improvement, so I'd never improve. Because you can only improve <laughs> so much. The same. <laughs> yeah, graph is just the same. So it's like if you don't actually do the areas that you're lacking in, yeah. you're never mm. gonna make any strides or, you know, improve and become like an all round all rounder, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's being brave enough to do that as well and admit that you've got a weakness as well yeah. in the first place. Mm, that's so like, there true. Tons of people going, No, I don't have any weaknesses, I'm good at everything. Are you? Okay. That's amazing. (laughs) Modesty is not your strong suit, (laughs) sir. But it's those sorts of those sorts of things. I think you need to be like, yeah, I'm not great at this. Like I was terrible at maths at school. I hated maths. I still hate maths now. Should have come to class with me. I would have. I know you'd have have been um, you'd have been there. Like I remember when I learned to teach, there was a mental arithmetic test. I failed three times and like four times was the maximum you could do. But it was like sixty seconds per question to think about work out the answers. Like. Tim's going on a school trip, it's £35, his friends have all paid this amount, how much is left outstanding and how long will it take to pay off my... When am I ever going to have to work that in 60 seconds? I've got a theory about that, so I'm terrible at maths as well, but I've got a better sort of brain for English. Working with all of the people in the English language training sector, they were all god-awful at maths as well, so I reckon you're either good at maths and bad at English, or good at English and bad at maths. I don't know if there's any like science behind that, but <laughs> yeah. from my experience, that's the way it seems to have gone. Well, yeah. I got an A yeah. in both, so I'm just going to say <laughs> that there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's one of those things, like, wouldn't you admit that you, 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 know, you might need some help? I went to my wife and I was like, you've got to train on how to do this properly, because like, yeah. I am struggling. I don't want to fail and not be the teachers because of that. At least you admitted it, though, because so yeah. many people would have just sat there in silence and been like panicking like head in the sand kind of thing yeah. like, I can't do it but I think that's the biggest thing is it? if you can admit it and then work on it it's good yeah and there's definitely no, there's no bad 
thing about having a weakness. Weaknesses are good. No, there's no shame in it at all. Everyone's no. got weaknesses. Yeah. No one's perfect, even if you think mm. you are, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, what's your tip? Um, I was just looking at mine, and mine's more of a literal sense. So if I were to go back and say to myself, I'd say my method of learning is you, you learn best when you're making notes and watching others. Because it seems like when you when I make notes, it sort of solidifies it in my mind. I think I'm, a, I'm a quite a visual learner, so when I see, well, if I write something down, I can re, I can remember it as I visualise what's happened. Same as when you're watching someone else doing it, you kind of make that that visual memory of it. So I, I learn best that way. Um, doing stuff is way better than theorising about it. Um, I have no real example of that right off the top of my head right now. Um, but actually physically doing something is much better. Um, and then the last point I was thinking of was your handwriting is only going to become less legible. <laughs> <laughs> that is so I'll true. put a little note here that says, like a toddler with a crayon. <laughs> so also on tips and tricks... What about the worst learning hacks you might have heard? Because there's definitely some corkers out there that we can definitely dispel right now. <laughs> I shall start with mine. My, my one, and this just immediately jumped out at me, was spraying unfamiliar scent whilst learning something new. And again, before a test, if you take one, as the scent will jog your memory. Now, to me, that's just screaming bull honky. That is <laughs> madness, like, yeah. For a start, I sat there and I was like, I can't think of a scent that I've isn't familiar like actually unless i'm going to dig one out of somewhere what do you do with it? how do you create the scent to spray yeah you have to spray it to know if it's unfamiliar or familiar but i swear there's a thing with like dementia patients that they use scents to jog their memories and audio because you they, kind of relate they, things yeah so I've, I've seen a video where they play music from the era they grew up in and they get transported back to that time and then they're like, they're dancing around and... I don't want that, I don't want a NAM flashback part way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> PTSD. But that's why they're obviously familiar. Like yeah. familiar sounds, familiar sense, but unfamiliar sense I'd be a bit dubious it's kind of. of the psychology of linking something to so another thing. I was going to say, degree <laughs> 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 is coming in handy. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> Um, I, there was a study, I can't remember where I heard it, but with cancer patients, after they were having uh, treatment, like chemotherapy, um, they were given ice cream. And because they felt so ill from the chemo, when they had the ice cream, they related the two together. I had that with jelly in my endoscopy once. <laughs> you can't have jelly over I can't. I can't make a jelly. It makes me feel physically <laughs> So they kind of link the bad experiences together. And then whenever they have the ice cream, they are reminded of, of how they felt during the chemo okay. and it made them feel ill, which is kind of really sad. But I suppose like that, maybe the scent thing's not a bad hack then. Have uh, we got any yeah. others? I've kind of got one. Go on. Tried and tested oh. and failed. Okay. <laughs> Starts well. <laughs> so when I think I was like studying for my GCSEs, doing my revision, I used to get so tired and I heard about this hack where you could just listen to something while you're sleeping. 
I honestly can't remember any of those moments. I'd always remember the things where I was like working in groups, talking to people, presenting or anything like that. And I feel like that's the same like as an adult. Like I can't if like I can't do anything without noise on in the background. Like I can't if I've got training to do, I'll always put earphones in, listen to music. Like if I've got assignments to write, I'll do the same. Mm. I feel like learning in silence is such a terrible idea. I don't know. I feel like after this we should just all scrap schools because yeah. <laughs> all we're doing is complain about Look, them. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Follow our advice, you'll do it right. Yeah, but it's not for everybody because, mm. like, I know loads of people. When I first started working here, everyone always used to say to me, why have you got your earphones in? Why have you got your earphones in? But that's what helps me, like, engage my brain. I think that's mm. a personal thing as well. So, me personally, learning in silence or with music that's really, like... I don't want to say it's monotone, but like you know this whole chill hop thing going around at the moment. Have you not no. heard of this on no. YouTube? Mm. They got just a live stream and it's like hip hop beats. Oh. No, no lyrics because I can't. If I have lyrics, I, my brain starts wandering. But I learn best when it's either silent or I have really sort of monotone type noise in the background. So, you know, like white noise yeah. helps as well. But then that's just my learning style. Whereas yours is obviously, you need some sort of... I need chaos around me yeah. to function. <laughs> yeah. It's See, experiment. I always got into something where we're... At the root of everything, we're just a primate, aren't we? We're an ape. We're yeah. An ape, essentially. And apes are social things. And they tend to socialise a lot because they, they learn from each other. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I like being around people. Yeah. From doing things and have things on. Like, I remember when I... The kids used to go with the, the grandma on holiday for like a, a few days. Rachel, who used to be our line man, used to say to us, you enjoying the quiet mind? No, I hate it. Mm. I just miss the noise. I miss like, the chaos and yeah. everything being around me. Yeah. And kind of having that, I think, is a comforting thing, partly. But yeah, for me, I, I quite like the noise. I like the noise I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to where there's a chap on there, a comedian called Ellis James. You can't plug other podcasts, Anna. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. It's just something I listen to. <laughs> um, for his birthday every year, his wife leaves the house with both the kids and he's allowed an hour to himself. And that's his birthday present because he just enjoys silence. <laughs> just that's the- such a good idea. If that's what you enjoy, then... And I imagine, well, James, you can comment on this. You're the only one with kids here. I get if panicked if nobody's disturbed my pooping within yeah. the toilet. <laughs> I'm like, where are they? Are they in the cupboard already? Yeah, <laughs> they jump out. It's gone. Uh, it's gone eerily quiet. Something's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody's killed the other one. That's what's happened. It's gone Lord of the Flies downstairs. Well, on that note, I think we'll leave it there for today. So this has been the Learning Lounge podcast with me, Alana, Katie, Anup and James. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon with another podcast to fill your ears. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.